0: back to the Resilient Fire podcast. My name is Dave and I am happy that you have joined in for this episode. If this is your first time listening, I'm excited that you found me and I encourage you to go back and check out a few of the episodes to see kind of what it is that I try and talk through on this podcast. And for my returning listeners, thanks again for your support and for listening. If you have not done so already, if you could just go and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to, that would be super helpful. Those ratings and reviews are the currency of the podcasting world, and your input really helps others to be able to find a podcast. If you're interested in following me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at resilientfirepodcast. Drop in, say hi, I'd love to interact with you, send me a message, I will write back. As I record this episode, it is early December 2021, and we just passed through the Thanksgiving holiday I do hope that you had the opportunity to celebrate. And if you go back to my last podcast, ultimately giving thanks to God and being thankful for his work in your life. And if you haven't reached that point in your life, that's okay. Like just understanding that God still loves you and God cares for you. And there's nothing more than that he wants than just for you to turn to him and realize that he'll take care of you. That's, I mean, that's really the bottom line. You know, for this episode, I wanted to start off with some scripture before I kind of get into the topic. Matthew chapter 23, verses 23 to 28 say this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean." Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Now we see the same account from Luke's gospel in chapter 11, verses 39 to 41. And here we see Jesus talking to one of the Pharisees after that Pharisee had noticed that Jesus didn't wash before the meal, as was kind of the the custom and was expected. And the the scripture says this, Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people did not the one who made the outside make the inside also but now as for what is inside you be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you when you look at these interactions we see Jesus using the metaphor of the the half clean and the half dirty cup and dish right the outside is di- or the outside is nice and clean but the inside is dirty and he relates it to the heart of the pharisees he also talks about the inside of the tomb or the inside being like a tomb, full of bones and, you know, death and just uncleanliness. Here he references their outward appearances being polished and clean, but inside they were full of greed, taking everything for themselves, being self-indulgent, doing anything they could to make themselves look better, and just being wicked. He's calling out their hypocrisy using the example of a cup and a dish and a tomb full of death and bones and dirt. So what does this have to do with survival-y sort of stuff that I like to kind of frame everything in? Well, long, long time ago, when I, when I first came into this job, one of the basic pieces of equipment we were issued way back when was the simple and humble and multifunctional aluminum canteen cup. It was part of our initial issue and it went with us on every trip that we went on, you know, throughout our training. Obviously, you know, it was a cup, so we'd drink from it. But being metal, we could also boil water in it to purify that water. We could cook in it. We could melt snow and ice in it. And because summer classes are kind of where it's at, we'd collect the berries in them. And by all means, if you're looking for advice, thimble berries are the best. We'd eat from them with our improvised spoons and sporks, whatever we could come up with. And you know, if you didn't secure it properly in your pack, if it wasn't properly insulated, and you're out walking around, it would be that thing that would make the most noise, and ultimately would get you caught while you're trying to while you're trying to evade and play hide and seek, essentially. But the canteen cup isn't just something that we used in training. You know, after we graduated, you'd often see guys, young and old, sipping their coffee before meeting students in the field. Or enjoying warm hot chocolate on the cold night around the fire circle. You know, I I specifically remember one of the older retired guys who came back to teach. He would often wander around the the halls of the squadron with his canteen cup in hand. And I know I wasn't alone and kind of wondering, hmm, I wonder if he's got a leaded version of some sort of beverage in there. (laughs) But I digress. Those little cups, however, are notoriously challenging to get perfectly clean you know even after like just the first use you're just like how in the world did this get so dirty i mean little specks of dirt or if you had rice some of that rice was just baked in or stuck in or food of other sorts it was like those cups were given to us so that we could really really understand what care and use of our equipment kind of entailed they'd get dirty they'd get dented they get scratched but no matter what We'd have to clean them so that they would pass the care and use inspections every day. Sometimes it was an easy job to get that cup clean inside and out. In other days, it took a lot more work and scrubbing with the loamy soil that we pulled from the bottom of Ruby and Tacoma Creeks. I think I can safely say that all of us at some point or another did a fantastic job cleaning the outside of the canteen cup, but we missed a spot or two on the inside. So whether that turned into an unsat for the day for care and use or having to do push-ups or some other sort of field shenanigans, there was a price to pay. The standard was to clean the inside and the outside of the cup. That was it. So when we go back to these stories from Matthew and Luke about Jesus, like what was his standard? Well, he's dropping words like greedy and self-indulgent and wicked and he's clearly stating that the Pharisees, who were the teachers of the law, the example setters, he wanted them to, uh, th- that they embodied those traits. They could have been wearing the most royal, the most regal, the fanciest clothing. They could have been adorned with the most expensive jewelry. They could have been the, the most expert law interpreters of their day. and They could have had the most outward appearance that would make people ooh and ah, but inside, inside which is where Jesus always focuses. Inside is where they were filled with bones and death, where they were unclean and they were completely dishonest with who and what they were. And Jesus knew it and he called them out. You know, as much as we don't want to admit it, as much as we try and hide it, there are so many ways that we are dirty on the inside. And we do the same thing that the Pharisees did. We hide it. I mean, how do do we hide it? You look at social media today. Look, I know what I post. It's not the dirt. And I would dare say that almost 100% of people don't post the dirt in their lives on social media. You know, some people use other sort of masks. And I'm not talking about these stupid things that we've had to wear over the past almost two years. But masks like job success. Promotions, awards, other sorts of things like they're all used. Like when you have those people that are just focused on doing all of these things so they can cover up the dirt in their lives. Maybe we acquire material possessions to cover up the dirt. You know, it's really hard to focus on the dirty things that are going on when there's a nice shiny new toy, whether it's a car or a boat or you know an ATV or you know a new gun or you know whatever it might be. But here's what I'm getting at. No matter who you're talking to, there is always dirt. Now, whether it's a speck of dirt or it's some leftover food that is caked in and just just growing mold on the inside, it's there. But when we follow the ways of Jesus and we look at the ways that God has called us to live, it helps us to start getting the inside of the cup clean. But How? Well, the first thing to do is just recognize that God alone is the one that cleans us up. No matter how hard we try, no matter how much we think, yeah, I got this, I can do this all by myself, we can't. I mean, look at King David from the Bible. Right? This guy got up in the middle of the night when all of his other men were off fighting wars for him, and he spotted a woman on a rooftop across the way. and Her name was Bathsheba. Long story short, she was married to one of the men that was off at war, Uriah, and, uh, and David got Bathsheba pregnant. And then he had Uriah killed. And the whole thing was more or less discovered by a prophet in David's court named Nathan. Now, after all of that, you could say that David's cup was pretty dirty. But at the end of it all, in Psalm 51, David says this. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out. My transgressions. Wash away all my sin, uh, correction, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. That's verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 51. And then later on he says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. And that's verses 10 through 13. I mean, look at how that David's situation progressed. It started off from being a dirty cup full of lust and adultery and murder, dead on the inside. I mean, bones and death and just dirty. And it turned into a man who recognized that God is the one who can create the pure heart and and clean it up and, and make this man be someone that essentially wants to pay it forward, right? He wants to get other sinners. He says, I will teach transgressor, transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back to you. Like he wants to take this grace that God has given him and he wants to use it as an example and say, look, we all live in sin. Turn to God. He'll clean you up. Man, that's the outcome of this pure heart that we're talking about. If we take it one step further, when Jesus is giving his Sermon on the Mount in the New Testament, he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. I don't know about you, but if you're pure in heart and you get to see God, that's really, really encouraging. As we enter this Christmas season, I think it's a good time, as any, to examine our hearts and and just honestly evaluate. Would Jesus say that our hearts are full of greed or self-indulgence, or wickedness? Or are our hearts pure? Or are they at least trending pure? Look, none of us are going to have a perfectly clean heart. And if you would have asked me 21 years ago, I probably would have said that none of us could have a perfectly clean canteen cup. The more we used it, the more dirty and dented and scratched that cup becomes. The more we live, the more likely we are to have things that can leave our hearts in the same condition, dirty and dented and scratched up. But the solution is there, just like it was for David. Acknowledge the one who can clean our hearts, turn to him so that he can give us the steadfast spirit that we need, and allow that work that he does in us to flow into others so that they too can turn to him. When I go back to the canteen cup and think about it, there's one detail that I haven't talked about yet. That simple canteen cup is something that anybody in my career field understands the importance of, and this is why it's often given at retirements. The cup at that point is highly polished. It's no longer the matte aluminum that we are used to. It's no longer dented or scratched or dirty or anything like that. It's shiny and it reflects the light that shines on it, almost like a mirror. Sometimes it's engraved to honor the career and service of the person that's being given to, kind of telling the story of that individual who receives it. When we allow God to work on us, we too can become highly polished. He smooths out the dents, He cleans out the crevices, He buffs out the scratches, and when He pours His light into us, we reflect that light into the people and the communities around us. When we have that sort of story, just like the one that is engraved on that polish cup at the retirement ceremony. It's one that others can look to and learn so that they too can turn back to him. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks.